0: I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hey there, my wise friends, and thanks so much for joining me for what promises to be a really enriching and heartwarming conversation with Erica Danielle today, who, as well as being a coach, is also a spiritual teacher and an all round gem of a person. Do you ever look down a kaleidoscope and see all those shapes and colours shift and form ever changing patterns and formations? I have one on my desk and I spend way too long staring down it if I'm not careful. But it occurred to me today that the reason I love this podcast so much is that each person I add to the collection brings a new perspective and adds to the rich diversity that goes to make up the whole. As I was listening to Erica, I was reminded of a word I learned a couple of years back, sonder, which is used to describe that feeling we have when we realise that everybody, even Strangers passing by are leading a life as rich and as complex as our own. We all experience the world in completely unique ways, but we sometimes assume that everyone else feels just the same way we do. And as I was listening to Erica's story, I found myself wondering if I would have had an ounce of her strength and courage in the same circumstances. But what's really clear is that she's found a path to move beyond being a victim. To a place of complete freedom. It's a truly remarkable story, and I'm really so grateful to Erica for sharing it with me. With me today, I have Erica Danielle, who is a former big law attorney turned life coach and meditation teacher. At the age of 29, disenchanted with the life she'd created for herself, Despite reaching every goal she'd ever set, Erica woke up to the realization that she was not only suffering from anxiety, both at work and in social situations, but that she'd been depressed for nearly two decades. With these realizations, she felt a strong pull to leave her career and start a spiritual journey that had been a quiet whisper in her ear for as long as she could remember. She spent the last 13 years learning, exploring, and sharing how to live from an awakened, joyful place that's available to us all. And she now runs a successful coaching practice from her base in Amsterdam. Erica came into my life as she was part of the coach training team at the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching, or IPEC, where I took my coach training. Her presence is at first calm serenity, but underlying that, there's a real playfulness, maybe even a mischievous glint in her eye that makes her a lot of fun to be around. I've loved digging into her beautiful and poignant Instagram posts at Erica Danielle Overshares. She writes so honestly that it really can't help but resonate. So it's my great pleasure to have her here today to share some of that immense wisdom that she's picked up along the way. Erica, Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm so happy to be here with you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. No, it's it's my absolute joy. I I was so thrilled when you said, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And I kind of knew that would be the answer because you're just so generous and you share so willingly, but I still, it was like, I guess this podcast is a little collection of gems and putting you in there is just really important partly because it's a way of saying thank you because that training opened up a whole world to me of coaching possibilities and and just those simple methodologies that really can open up i guess what we were talking about before we started recording that exposure to leaning into feeling emotions, which is definitely something that I, I preferred not to, I would just be like, no, no, I'll just grip my teeth and get through it. And actually, when you allow yourself that moment of just, this is how I'm feeling, and what's coming up for me, changes, changes everything really does. So I really wanted to dig into that transition from Corporate lawyer, you know, in the US, you were brought up in the the US. US. Yeah. What was the story for how you get from there to being this wonderful spiritual coach in Amsterdam?
1: Oh, well, Kat, that's a massive question. (laughs) I know. That's a massive question with so many twists and turns. Um, Let's see. So, as as you just shared, at 29, I had you know a little backstory. I'd been dating my now husband, who is Dutch, which is why I'm here in Amsterdam for maybe a couple years at that time, two three years at that time. Um, and he had gone back to Holland, and I had a little apartment. And a girlfriend came. I was living in DC. She came to visit me, and. I was talking to her about how normal and natural it was to wake up in the morning and feel like you had to dig yourself out of the hole of life and just, you know, just to get to zero, just to get, okay, you know, and my girlfriend said, no, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, oh my gosh, is is this not a thing? Are we not all waking up? just feeling so down. And when I realized that that was not the case for everyone, I really had to take a step back and look at my life and look at how I was leading my life. And also, you know, with that comes some hope as well, that maybe it doesn't have to be like this every single day. Mm. And so one of the things I did shortly after that realization was look into coaching programs. And that is when I found IPEC. And uh, I went through that process within the year of the realization that I was in a tough place and I had been for 20 plus years.
0: Gosh. So, yeah, I hadn't realized that, that it was actually coaching that kind of started that journey if you like which is a very similar story for me it's like the more you dig into it the more you lean into how much capacity we have to 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 bring that acceptance of who we are because there's a lot of it is about digging into who you truly are underneath which I did not know about coaching I I really did not know that at all and when you start to bring that level of acceptance and consciousness, you know, just bringing things into what were maybe in your subconscious, just out in the open, even even that thing around, oh, I'm feeling this level of anxiety and depression. Not, isn't, isn't that just how it is? Yeah. <laughs> Hugely powerful, hugely powerful. So you you trained with IPEC, and you became. It, it, was it just a sort of uh, you did this as a side hustle, or did you just say, right, I'm just going to give up the law and move away? And I didn't know.
1: You know, the person I was back then did not think it was really possible to just go off and become a life coach, and honestly. Mm-hmm. In 2010, 2011, it kind of wasn't a thing, you know? <laughs> like, nice, nice. It was a very different experience to be walking into. Um, but I knew I needed something. And reading about these energy levels and, you know, I, I had already started to wade into this idea of consciousness and being who I truly was, reading a lot of books on spirituality, doing some meditation, but I wasn't living it. Mm. And so when I read about IPEC and the approach that they took to coaching, it felt so similar to the things that I was already trying to integrate, but I, I just hadn't found a way to actually do it. And so that for me was sort of the link to putting it all together and yeah. starting shift.
0: And I guess also building a whole sp- It's like a spiritual practice, but it's actually also how you're going to live your life. That's how you're going to earn your living. That's how you're going to share what you have to say with other people. It's through that medium of coaching, which kind of then makes it all a bit more possible.
1: Exactly this. Exactly this. So as I was going through the process, I, I started to open Started to really, really open up to what could be possible and to the effect that my thinking and my feeling had on my life. And so back then, there was a four part process of becoming a coach, so four different modules. And after module three, I quit my job. And you just knew (laughs) I just knew this it's time. Life is short, and then we die. And a funny story is, I (laughs) I went to the partner that I worked with the most. And I said to her, you know, I'm dying. We're all dying. And I don't want to live like this. (laughs) I don't want to live like this. And she was like, I mean, well, that's objectively true. (laughs) We all are marching (laughs) to the (laughs) it. Oh, I put in my resignation. I moved to Amsterdam where Willem, my, my boyfriend now husband was living and I actually laid on his couch for three months watching, uh, binge watching TV series.
0: Oh, that is so honest of you, Cause yeah, I think we all like to have this story of just, and then it just evolved into this, you know, these doors started opening and it was all, happen- no, I felt like one hot mess. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like I I literally want to dispel of the idea that it's just that easy. It like legitimately drives me crazy. Yeah. yeah. People make it
0: seem like, and then I was this. And it no. just happened. <laughs> oh. And I didn't have to show anybody any of the messy stuff that goes on behind the scenes. No, it was
1: a hot mess. My boyfriend would come home. And it would be dark in the house.
0: <laughs> like, oh God. <laughs>
1: no I said come on. If this is
0: spiritual awakening. I want no part of it.
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I had done a, done a semester of law school in Amsterdam. And so I had friends here and he's like, you know, you got friends here. And I'm like, I know I have friends here. <laughs> and he's like, maybe you want to
0: see them? I'm like, no, I'm fine here. I'm busy working what? on my new identity. <laughs>
1: exactly I am so it might not look like it but I'm really really busy and and I was yeah I was busy shedding so much of who I thought I had to be and feeling into the pressure of who do I become because I was I was I spent my my life becoming a lawyer yeah becoming successful and now I'm what am I you know it took me quite some time. So eventually what happened is I ended up going to India and studying yoga. And I came back and opened a yoga studio in Amsterdam and my whole, so I went totally off the path of coaching Wow, and, and, you know, had some coaching clients through yoga and really focused on sort of spirituality and, and all of this and all that while I'm still on my journey. but it took me a really long time to stop telling people I'm a yoga teacher, but, you know, I used to be a lawyer. I've got all the things, shiny badge. (laughs) I did all that. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm amazing. (laughs) I have like social proof that you can trust me. So,
0: yeah, that is so, I mean, just you, it's so open. It's so honest. And I think it's that you talk a lot about Acceptance of yourself, of who you are, and through that, finding that healing, that that inner confidence, that trust. And you're right; it's not um, that's not an easy path to take. A being that open anyway, but but it doesn't just happen overnight. You don't just go, "Oh, I'm going to switch from corporate lawyer to spiritual healer, teacher, coach." It's 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 an evolution. Yeah. So powerful, so powerful. And so when you're talking about, you know, you went right back into your childhood and, and, you know, on your website, you were saying about there was some trauma there. Do you think that all of the, the having to achieve, having to strive was to kind of just move or hide that or bury it? Or what do you think was going on there? Yeah. Goodness.
1: You know, on one hand now, you know, a mom and having friends and and hearing about their journeys with their children. On one hand, I have to say a huge part of it is just kind of who we are. Right. Mm. You know, think about your kids, Kat, and you're like this person came in (laughs) and I think there was an element of sort of perfectionism and having to get things right. And, um, you know, really sort of a strong drive to achieve and be seen in a certain way that perhaps I came in with. Mm. Perhaps. But when I take and I bring in my actual lived reality, you know, I was dealing with sexual abuse in the home and I felt completely out of control. And it was this big secret that I was Mm. asked to keep as, you know, nine, 10 year old child. Um, And still being exposed to the person who did the things. Um, And so I I did very much turn to school and achievement as a place where I had some sort of um, power.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some way to prove to myself worthiness and like you know, a reason to be here because I think the thing about sexual abuse is it kind of takes away your dignity. Like, mm-hmm. I am worthy just because I am. And it brings this, you know, it brings about a, a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. And so there was this element of just wanting to prove to myself that there was a reason for me to be here. Mm-hmm. And that's heavy really have child because you can't this if that's a part of who you are plus this bit uh, you can't deviate you cannot make a mistake and you can imagine that a lot of you know there's anxiety of being in home with a child abuser yeah um and then there's the anxiety of having to keep it all up so that you can feel in some way um again worthy of being present on the planet
0: yeah. And that's so, I mean, first of all, I just want to say how sorry I am that that was your experience because I feel that's never, you never get that childhood back. You know, it's like how, how much loss and grief there must just be in that whole sense of I was never allowed to just be a child. Um, well,
1: I want to I wanna hop in for a second and just say that the interesting thing is as I heal, as I go back and, you know, just accept that experience and I grieve, like you just said, the the experience, what I've found is that in the releasing of all of this trauma from my body, from my body's memory, is that my childhood has expanded. And it's like, wow. suddenly I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like it actually there was more to it than this thing that happened. And I'll tell you, I couldn't see it. I could like before, like it was just that and it was terrible and everything was bad. And now I'm like, wow, you know, there were moments of there, plenty of moments of being a child and there was plenty of joy in my life. And so doing the work of like true, deep, acceptance Mm. of everything that I was carrying around, all of that shame, all of that anxiety, all of that overwhelm, all of that distrust has just opened up um, a wider view of what Mm. I actually experienced in this world. And, you know, it's interesting because I was talking to a friend who, you know, broke up a very long relationship and her partner was saying for him there's only this you know he can't remember the you know decades they had oh, before yeah. that it's yeah. just, just this broken moment just this broken moment and i was like i get that because yeah. i was that person for so long it, there was only the broken bits And not the expanse. But then there's hope also for those of us who feel that we're so focused on the broken moments, on the things that should have been, the grief that is so, um, so much Filling our body and our lived life experience every single day, that if we could accept and integrate that, that we might not only be able to see what's in front of us now, but also look back and, and recognize not that I was asleep for it all, but I was actually present for some really beautiful moments. And then that gratitude starts to come up and, and, and those tears of grief become tears of joy. And, you know, I'm just grateful, you know, even talking mm. about it
0: now. <laughs> and that, I guess that is part, I mean, because like, I, I said to you, is this something that you want to talk about? Because it feels so personal, deeply personal, but you have transcended it. And I think there is a moment where you can even come to yourself and acknowledge to that little girl, just how, incredible she was to be able to transcend that to to deal with it to overcome it and to say wow and that's me that's that strength that that determination that that is power isn't it that's it truly is yeah yeah it truly is and i think what's so remarkable about your story is that now That is why and how you see in your clients, you know, whether it's eating disorders or anxiety, or maybe even suppressed sexual abuse, or I think you just see it. You just see the beauty beyond that. You don't see the thing. You see that whole person And how you can reach them to help them not just focus on the negativity and find their own worthiness. Well, I, I see the, the whole person and the truth of them and the thing
1: Mm. and the things. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I love about being, and I, you know, I coach. Yes. (laughs) There's, you know, there's a a ton of sort of spirituality and sort of integration work. When I say integration work, it's being with the things that hurt really, really really bad. The broken parts. I'm not afraid to sit with the hurt parts of my client and help them learn how to accept what they feel. This is not therapy. We're not going in and nah, nah. no. But this is present moment, the present moment experience of that thing that happened that lives in your body right now. Mm. And so we can hold space for the thing, all of us, no part, we don't disintegrate ourselves. Whole place for the thing, whole place for who you truly are, which has never left you support people in learning how to hold space for the thing while they are in their expansiveness and they're in their truth. And it's, it's amazing work and it can be really slow moving work as well.
0: Yeah. And just, you know, it's, it's slow moving. And as you say, it's not, it's not the therapy of going back into the past, but it's healing through that that I think you provide an access to joy. I really do. Um, But you do it through almost finding the funny in really deeply, emotionally serious situations. You know, you're able to just, I mean, you have this amazing smile that just lights up the room anyway. It's kind of like your eyes are laughing even when you're not smiling, but then you smile and it's like, oh my goodness. And given that you've had this trauma in your life, that in itself is is, is a gift to be able to, to transcend that. But it's starting to make perfect sense to me that you know you went into life as a lawyer because you are actually an advocate. You know, you do that work of advocating for the, the underdog, for the maybe the even the true self that's stuck. Behind all the the victim, this happened to me. This thing, this painful event. It's kind of even even the lawyer bit makes perfect sense to who you are. It does, yeah. And it was the exact
1: evolution Mm -hmm. that I needed
0: to where I am. Yeah. So it's like helping other people understand that that's not something you just did and then skip over it it's like no that was all part of like that was the first thing that called me was to to be this fierce advocate and, and now i do it in different ways
1: a little bit of truth very honest i remember standing looking out of my my office as a lawyer you know looking out into the courtyard and thinking to myself Loved yoga and meditation (laughs) ten years ago. Why
0: did I waste my time doing? (laughs) Why didn't I see it straight away? Why did I so? Do you think there's something like we appreciate it more? You know, because we didn't go straight there. You know, maybe if you just evolved as Erica, this wonderful spiritual, truly engaged person, but it's almost like. No, I needed to know what that felt like to wear the suits. And as you say, you know, you said at the beginning, it was like, I've got the social badges. I've got the, yeah, yeah, I've, I I can do that stuff. It's not just, you know, I need people to take me seriously. And that's part of it. No, it, I mean,
1: you know, so much of what we've talked about, like the needing to prove myself and the social badges. Yes, the... um advocating for people the fight that i had in me you know mm-hmm. all of that stuff definitely and and then realizing and i talk about this a lot that there's no there there so i did it i went and i got the social badges and i made all the money and i i checked every single freaking box yeah and i was still anxious and depressed so like, it didn't get me happiness. I just kept needing to prove it was a bottomless pit. Mm. And so I think that there was also just, <laughs> I needed I needed that path. I absolutely needed that path to, I think I would have looked back and, and thought, what if yeah. I would have looked back and I would have doubted, you know, could I have done it? my ability to have yeah. even done it? Like there were a lot of things that went into taking that path first. Not to mention, I think, you know, my, the clients that I work with now all have, even the artists I work with, they have a pretty strong academic background. Yeah. Yeah. It's part and, of it. Yeah. And even if they don't, they're highly intellectual people. Yeah. And, you know, I remember being a lawyer and going into a yoga class, like getting there by the skin of my teeth. Maybe I'm a few minutes late and having, you know, some, you know, gorgeous young yoga teacher look at me and roll her eyes because, like, how dare you?
0: And I'm like, do you know what it took for me to get here? And she's that uh, cross legged at the front, going, time is on our side. You know, we, time is what we make of it. And I'm like, ah. Uh, Also, (laughs) and so
1: you know, for me as a yoga teacher, for me as a meditation teacher, for me as a coach, there is also a built-in understanding of what there are certain things you don't have to say to me. I get it. You know, my yoga students could call me and say, "Please save me a mat," and I say (laughs) absolutely, "I'm going to save you a mat because I know you need this. (laughs) I know you need this moment of quiet." And so, I I think that you know, we all have to walk our paths in order to serve the people that we're meant to serve on this lifetime. And so I couldn't skip that part, even though we often do want to skip straight.
0: Did I need to go through all that? But yeah, but yeah, it's, it has made you who you are. And I think the other thing that you are so good at advocating for, you know, is the social injustice, racial injustice. Oh my God. I mean, your podcast, which I hope you will resurrect it. It's called she, she got, she, she She, she King, she Kings. And it's with your friend, Ali, who's also a coach. Those conversations are, oh my God, so powerful. And I think especially the ones that were happening around 2020, George Floyd, really powerful, yeah advocacy for this is things have got to change, and I loved what you said about okay we can we can theorize about this now, but the work is actually starting to love your neighbor, look to the people around you, be those anti racist activists it's not it's not enough to say I have black friends it's it's really about. Making a difference one person at a time. It's so powerful.
1: That's exactly it. It's it's interesting around the time of um, and, and really as a direct result of the George Floyd it's George Floyd um, murder. You know, one of the things that I was saying um, back then, and I'll continue to say, is that what really stuck out to me, I never watched the video. And one thing I I won't do on this journey is give any, you know, attention to, I won't be another view on Mm. these things. Mm. Um, I remember the last video of um, a Black child being hurt um, that Mm. I watched. And I said, oh, never again. No, no. I am not bringing this energy up in my body, but I'm gonna do all of the work I can to clear it for yeah. all people who have experienced injustice because it lives in us. But I remember thinking to myself, having heard what happened to Joy, George Floyd, that someone, uh, a police officer had kneeled on his neck for you know eight or so minutes, if I recall uh, correctly. And I thought to myself, who was the person that would do that to another human being mm. what must be like if i could look into his eyes as he put his weight on a on a, on this man's neck what must be broken what must be hurting and so there was this grief for george floyd but there was this grief for humanity yeah for humanity so that's where we're all at yeah Right. But it, it, it's, it's when you think about that man, and I know a lot of people may have a visceral response and completely disagree with me. When you think about the police officer, I just want to pull him in and just give him so much love. And I'm so emotional saying it because something went wrong somewhere. Yeah, And this is what is being called out of each of us. To not just love our neighbors that are easy to love, to love those people that it's impossible to love. Yeah, yeah. One of my teachers says, and I say this all the time, our job on this planet is to love. And it is the people that you meet in the situations that you encounter, it's their job to give us a reason not to
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> this
1: is when you're doing the work when you're willing to sit down and love the parts of you that hate that person that hate those people because there's a reason why you're so reactive to them and that part of you is asking you for attention and when you can love that part of you free the yeah. one who hates the one who hurt you
0: then you can start to love your neighbors. Then you can love any of them. Just incredible. And I think it comes from your own experience. I think, I think that is that is what it's taught you. You know, that trauma right through from your childhood has taught you that capacity to to be that, that person who can transcend what's actually going on and the unfairness of it, the the inhumanity that you see and just say, what is obvious is we can't carry on in the same way. Something's got to give, something's got to change and be part of that conversation. Yeah, so powerful. So I would recommend to anyone who, who yeah, th- th- those conversations that you had, I think in the moment were so honest, so truthful so insightful and it was that same message of we all have responsibility we all have the capacity to make those tiny changes in the people around us in our own circles rather than saying oh it's just not fair it's it's you know this has got to stop it's like okay well now we need to move into action for how how we make those differences absolutely and letting to the, compa- to the extent
1: that you can, your action first be. To love the parts of you that are hurting. Mm, mm. To love the parts of you that are hateful. To acknowledge them, to listen to them. Yeah. To begin to create that space to begin to love your neighbor. Yeah. Because they got a ton of parts of them that are hurting too. That's the only way we can hurt each other like this hurt people hurt people.
0: Yeah. And it's so I mean it's so important to have people like you who I mean you're in a mixed race relationship it's it's you're in in Europe you know do you encounter much racism in in Amsterdam? I know it's here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that
1: it's here and that it exists. And I hear many stories of um, what's happening here in Europe in general, definitely here in Holland. Yeah. Um,
0: but my message remains the same. Absolutely. Yeah. So strong, so powerful. And I think it is that stepping into your own, like through your healing, you have found that power, that voice That absolute courage
1: and conviction. It's, and listen, it can be a really tough conversation. Mm. My perspective can be a, a really tough, tough, tough pill to swallow for many. And I completely and totally get that. And, you know, we're having a conversation, and I know that you can understand what I'm saying. I know that many other people can. And I'll tell you that at times, my goal is to meet people where they are. And so for anyone who is like, yeah, love my neighbor, I, I love you. And I hold space for exactly what you're feeling. And I completely respect whatever approach that anyone wants to take. My only hope is that we don't hurt ourselves, right? Like don't hurt, don't hurt yourself in the anger. Mm. feel Right. So let's say Forget these other people, these terrible, no good, very bad people. I call them hurt people that need love and you can call them terrible, no good. But I I love you and I don't want you to hurt anymore. Mm. And I don't know that we can ever change these people,
0: but can we help you be okay? Yeah. And that's the work you do. That's it. Yeah. So, so powerful. And I'm I'm curious as to how much you know because you have a beautiful daughter. How much becoming a mother has really reinforced that whole message? I mean, it, as a mother, you just strike me as being so wholly present for your daughter. It's such a beautiful thing to witness. Um, how how did becoming a mother impact you?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, (laughs) oversharing. I, you know, the the first thing that always comes to mind. I was reading this um, post the other day about this woman who said, and I do not, but a woman who said, I regret being a mom. (laughs) I regret it, and and it was interesting to read it because she was just talking about like, you know, this is the effect that it had on my world, and I was always a person who was on the fence and. I don't regret it every day, but some days, and I was just like, I love that she's pulled up that part of her that, yeah. um, that feels that way and, it, and it's holding it in love and respect and giving it its space to speak. And so, you know, that's the thing that's tough in my mind right now with parenting. Cause I just read that it can be hard work. It can be hard work. <laughs> it can be hard work. And also, you know, I waited until my late, um, Forties, no, late forties, late thirties, to have my only child, only human child, my fur baby is laying right here. Yeah. <laughs> Cats dogs. I have a fifteen-year-old dog laying oh. here. Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> and so, you know, it definitely was an adjustment because I was a person who, you know, I spend three months in Europe, three months in the Caribbean, then I go spend some time in India. And so I, I, I've spent my life hopping around. And so that was a massive adjustment on the surface. But the strange thing about having beautiful Asha is that I, I, I almost don't remember when she got here. She's always been here. Yeah. You know, babe, when we took that trip to, you know, this place or that place, she was, she there yeah. she there <laughs> like of course she and so there's this you know she's just so beautiful and so perfect and so wonderful and it just it feels like she just woke up a part of me that was always there and she's always been here and we've always been here together and so I don't it's almost like it doesn't feel like anything is has changed yeah so
0: so yeah I guess it's just that's when you're stepping into something that's so innate to you that instinct you're not you're not trying too hard you're just you're just being
1: that's I don't feel as if I'm trying to do this I also don't Follow any of the rules. (laughs) Why doesn't that surprise me? (laughs) I don't. I don't do any of the things that I am supposed to do, and so that also adds uh, another level of freedom for me. You know, I hear other moms talking about what they have to do and what they and what they must do, and what the you know the the three L's or the E's or what. I'm like, I don't. I've never heard of any (laughs) of this. I I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but she seems happy. I feel great about that, you know, I'm going to live there. So I I don't feel that I, I don't feel I had to become someone else um, to, to be with her, to invite her in.
0: But it does strike me that you'd be a great parenting coach as well. I don't know if that's something you do, (laughs) but, you know, just helping people to just trust their own instincts a little bit more. And because moving away from the shoulds is just so much part of your philosophy that Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, it's so funny. A friend of mine who um, has three kids, um, we were talking about parenting. It was really like I was just chatting with her about trusting herself and trusting her instinct and just saying exactly what you're feeling. Like, you don't have to make this whole thing just tell, just exactly what you're feeling. She's like, you really need to work with parents. <laughs> like, I've got a bunch of people who need this it approach, it would yeah. change everything. And so, it's something I'm totally open to. Um, but honestly, I work with a lot of people who are wanting to. Move into action mm. and out of thinking, thinking, thinking all the time. So, people who are really like, I just want to quiet my mind and just hear exactly what it is that I'm being asked to do.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll add to that in this moment, this moment by moment by moment, and actually do it. I just want to do what I say. Take some inspired action. Do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I work with a uh, a lot of folks who want to explore who they really are. Really some very like deeply spiritual conversations that I wish I could (laughs) record. I don't know if anybody would know what the heck (laughs) we are talking about. (laughs) So those are sort of my two places of, of playing, but I love the idea of working with parents.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess inevitably some of your clients will be parents. And I think none of this work Is totally siloed. You know, it always has an impact on who you are. Discovering more about who you are, stepping into those those places where you are just being you rather than who you should be, or the expectations and conditioning makes you makes you a better person, makes you a better parent. Therefore, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you don't need to brand yourself as a parenting coach. I'm just saying, just saying. (laughs) It could could be a thing. (laughs) no I mean you are someone who is just kind I don't know where that kindness came from whether you you work on it or whether it's just inherent in you um but when I asked about a sort of act of kindness and something that's impacted you what what came up for you goodness me I so many so
1: many things the first thing that came up was my grandmother and wow you know coming out of that sexual abuse that I, I actually went and I lived with her for a while and my grandmother has this way about her that is um so utilitarian <laughs> so like, <laughs> and it, and it's it's all it it she just gets things done and she's giving you exactly what you need you need to eat you need to sleep you need to and being with her just as she is was the, the greatest act of kindness that mm-hmm. just her being who she is and who she's been for so many people, just an open door for people to come in and eat, <laughs> feel what they feel. And just to know that there was just a consistent, kind presence and she's so stoic wow. and she's so, and so it's not like hugs and, you know, it's something, it's the, 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 one of the most honest ways of showing kindness I've ever experienced in my life. Just being herself. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, so many things came up, but that it's not even the one I meant to share with you.
0: <laughs> wow, interesting. But but interesting that it's almost like a beautiful role model for you. You know, that presence that you bring, I'm sure has been inspired by just knowing what that feels like, knowing how good it feels to have someone like that in your life. I always say that
1: she was like the first experience I had with Zen, with Buddhism, and just as a lived experience, you know, she understood like, this is what I can do. And this is what I'm called to do in this moment. And things could go off the, go off the rails. That woman always slept well at night. (laughs) She did what she could and what you decide to do. Well, that's up to you. Yeah. You know, and so she she was also a foster parent for thirty years, and you know just the, the adults that come back. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. To to be with her, you know, our holidays are always so interesting. Like who's gonna pop over? Mm-hmm. You know, her last adopted child just graduated from um, high school as she approaches ninety. She is, Whoa. you know, sending off her her last child into the world, and I, I mean, and it's just who she is. Yeah, still was, you know. If you come, try to give her a hug, she's like, oh, yeah, get away from me, get away from me, you know. Just Have something to eat, <laughs> right? You know, she's <laughs> she's gonna give you the hug, you know. She's gonna give you a little kiss, but you know, it's kind, and but just. So full of of service and and love for the folks that other people didn't love so much. Yeah. yeah. Because they couldn't. And never any judgment for the parents. Not mine. And not the parents of all those other kids who came through her home.
0: Wow. Which Just, is is a place of freedom, isn't it? Because You can just be, and then there's no judgment on the child either. It's just, yes, because the guilt they must feel about any judgment around, these are still their parents at the end of the day. Never once, never once. Her door was open to the parents and open to the kid. Wow. Just a wonderful human being. We could do with many more of her by the sounds of it. I wonder if there's cloning. <laughs> I love her. Oh, and I do You're hope she gets to hear this. I really <laughs> hope she gets to hear this. I make sure so, tell her every time I can. Such a wonderful just, story. Write her and, letters. Yeah. And I kind of hope some of those stories get written down because they're, yeah. They're, I've been
1: trying to record them. So that's <sighs> my goal to just get as much of her voice and her stories and
0: her journey yeah. um, recorded. Oh, that would be wonderful, and it? it would be like it starts to remind me of um, Tuesdays with Maury, who was a, a kind of coach, and um, it was a he was a teacher. So his one of his high school students realized that had been a long gap; he'd never sort of seen him, and so when they did get back in touch, he Maury by then had had a terminal cancer diagnosed, and so they just spent every Tuesday together, just catching up and. And trying to make up for the lost time, the, the, the lost 20 years, even though nobody judged it. And it was, but the book that came out of it was just these, these chats. And yeah, really powerful. I, I, that that would be amazing to hear yes. from your grandmother. Gosh, what a powerful story. I knew, I knew though, that there must be some influence in your life, some somebody that was sort of just there as a, as that rock. Because I think that's what gives you that that grounding of your own. I remember in our coaching, you you your phrase, slow is smooth and smooth is quick, just helped everybody who was like, I gotta get there, I've got to do this, I've got to just take, take your time and breathe. <laughs> I'll never forget it, never forget it.
1: That, I think it's uh, maybe the army. It's like a military quote. In yeah, my, yeah. My
0: but I was like, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> love, and it was just like that. <laughs> there are certain things, just mic drop moments where, yeah, I guess we'd just done a bit of tense training or something. And everybody was a bit like, I can't do it. I don't know what to do. And you're just like, slow is smooth and smooth is quick. Yeah.
1: Well, can we just, I, I personally, when I get, Really, like mentally confused, and I'm not quite sure what to do. It's because I'm so far
0: ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, and we're not taking the baby steps yeah. towards where we want to go. Yeah. I'm selling the book. I'm getting yeah. the publisher. Yeah. I haven't written the word. Haven't even written it yet. But oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> and yet, your grandmother was. You're gonna need to get some fuel on board. Take each day at a time, and we'll get there. We will get there
1: you know it's so funny that you you even bring her into that space because i i've been sitting with this idea of desire and like constantly wanting stuff and constantly trying to get to the the next place and recognizing that my peace is in in the moment yeah. and just doing what's being called out of me in this moment and as you bring up my grandmother I don't ever believe that she was like. There's something out there in the future that mm-hmm. I want. Not even in the world, but in the future that I want. She and I—that I, has to be. And I'm realizing, look, right now, has to be a big part of her piece. Like, just because there's an uh, uh, that's an abundance mindset. That is a lack-free mindset. Everything is already here. Yeah. Everything, everything's every, I have everything I need. Yeah. Right here in this moment. And that allows you to navigate this world with so much less weight on your shoulders and so much less talking in yeah. your mind.
0: Yeah. Which in itself is where some of the anxiety comes from. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, because we're like ninety steps ahead, and we've played a million different possibilities on this chessboard. <laughs> so yeah, we're anxious. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. god!
0: <laughs> and uh, am I doing it right? And is this enough? And yeah, you're right. It's that. It's that moving from there's no scarcity because I'm right here, right now. I'm grateful for this moment and everything in it. That yeah, and we. I think we gravitate towards that energy. When, when we, when we sense it, people like that do end up attracting people because it's like, oh, I'm just sit here for a while because it feels calm.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly that. Let's just have a seat in this moment because it feels okay. And yet it's so difficult in the world we live in to allow ourselves to be okay with what we have. Yeah. yeah.
0: And not to be racing and thinking and, oh, my God, it's all coming and, and And therefore you then try and put controls on something that's just not controllable. What's coming down the line, what's going to what's going to happen tomorrow is way out of sight and way out of control. So the moment is is the place to be.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: But you've definitely inherited some of that stoicism. You know, that it runs in the family for sure. Tell
1: me, tell me about
0: that. Well, just that, that was the presence that you brought to that IPEC training was just this calmness, but with this beautiful joy that was kind of just permeating. It was like, you were, you were so, yeah, it was, it was clear that you wanted everyone to feel that they're right here, right now in the right place doing the right thing. And it's all going to be good. Mm. That was the sense. Thank you for that. I like to be like my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't met her. She sounds like an amazing lady. I'd love to, but, um, but yeah, make sure you capture those stories because that's really powerful stuff. Really powerful. Now moving on to my favorite bit, which is always when we get to talk about music, I have this feeling that yeah, music is an important part. Anyone who's a little bit spiritual in touch with their spiritual side has kind of that access to music, I think. Yeah. And so
1: this is a question. So I have um, a client and um, a person I just consider just the person I'm walking this path with who um, draws people as lines. So she draws your energy as, as a line that just moves. And so one of the things that she requests is just a list of songs that also, you know, you feel like just capture you, that just bring up you. And so when you asked this question, I was like, oh my gosh, I had songs. I'm a yoga teacher and I use music in my yoga. I'm like, what
0: what?" (laughs) and boiling it down to one song.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: I like to set a challenge.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a challenge. It's a challenge. (laughs) My one song is "Cranes in the Sky" by Solange. Cranes in the sky. Beautiful name. It's it's a beautiful name, and you know, she talks about all the things she tried to do to rid herself of the emotions that she was feeling in a very tough time in her life. I tried to drink it away. I tried to shop it away. I tried to, and it's just such a beautiful whimsical song. And, you know, I, I, it's just such a, I think it's a beautiful reminder of, The realization that it's not going anywhere, (laughs) you know. (laughs) You know, she's like the whole song. She's like, I tried this, I tried that, I tried this, I tried that, and in the end, not that she gets here in the song, but in the end, it's just to feel the pain of it, just to feel the moment of it. Um, With the cranes in the sky, it's all about. um, She was living in Miami while she was going through this very painful time, and she said this is my peaceful place but they were building up miami and they were sort of you know destroying the planet and <laughs> doing so and and she said and i would walk out my peaceful place and all i wow. would see was seeing cranes, cranes in the sky right and it's oh. just a beautiful reminder to feel sometimes
0: there are cranes in the sky in your peaceful place yeah
1: okay
0: it's and okay. you just have to transcend that too and it's funny cuz you said cranes in the sky and i'm thinking there's a bird called a crane. It's quite a big bird. It's not very great. So I was like, she obviously went somewhere. There were cranes no. <laughs> and there's a whole different story there. A whole different story. A yeah. whole different story. It's
1: so layered. And it's like, it's like before we transcend it, we've got to love ourselves free.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And not go to those places of medication, booze, shopping. Yeah. All the things we we do to numb it all. Yeah, and I say you do what you got to do. I I, I was clearing
1: anxiety out of my body. I had one session with myself where I was like, "How did I not have medication? I was a lot of anxiety. I just dropped, and that was after years of dropping anxiety. I'm like, somebody, somebody should have given me something. Yeah. I've should have been seeking something, but no. I I think that there, everybody's path is going to be different. Mm. One thousand percent. If medication as part of your journey many of my clients have started with medication working with me and we've done the work and we cleared the energy from the body and we've made those shifts and brought them to choice and they've gone off of
0: and then suddenly so you don't need it you don't need it yeah absolutely. yeah but yeah. if you gotta get through the day but yeah no you're right to say there's no shame in it there's absolutely no shame in it um it's more knowing what people like you bring which is a powerful way of healing from the inside. I think that's, that's what it is, but that, that, yeah, you're right. That is part of people's journey and, and not to say, you know, ditch the meds, sometimes they're necessary. And, but I think that you can't stake a claim on it, but there's a lot of sort of professional medical opinion that this is the only way to oh, yeah. cure depression and anxiety. And so much of what your story is about is understanding that they were symptoms of of stuff that you'd kept locked inside your heart you know and it and that makes sense to me i can't i can't prove it medically i you know i don't have that background but it totally makes sense
1: and and that is true and i think that whatever we're using whether it's shopping or sex or medication or drugs or Food, training, yeah. food, drama, anger, whatever it is that we're into. It's like when we use that, when we go that way and only that way, yeah. then we just leave these parts of us just there longing to be seen. You know, I just think about, it's not even about inner child work necessarily, because it's all ages. It's me yesterday in there crying yeah. and wishing. Yeah that yeah. someone would be there with me. And so that process of learning that there's only you, yeah. you are
0: who you've been waiting for, is I think it's the most powerful thing. Yeah. And that's your lived experience. And I think that's what brings that joyous smile to your face is knowing that. Yeah, for sure. So is there one piece of wisdom that you would leave us with? It's hard though, again, to boil it down to like, but the thing that you have kind of relied on to get you through some of those tough times. I think
1: just building on what we were just saying, when you realize that there really is only you, then you realize that you can set yourself free. You can love yourself free. And I I think- We spend so much time blaming the system, the people, the this, the that. And in that way, we're just waiting for them to set us free. We're waiting for them to tell us, you know, I'm sorry. I did this wrong. Here's the thing I owe you. But when you realize during one of my sessions, and I know we're wrapping up, but during one of my sessions with myself, I was blaming, 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 blaming one person and then many people. And then the question came, why can't you let go of this blame? And the big energy that came up was that if I did, then I would have to admit that I'm alone.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, if, if it's just me. And I'm responsible for everything. And it was, there's so much grief with that aloneness and with that responsibility. And then came an immense amount of joy and freedom in the realization there's only me. (laughs) So (laughs) let's do it. So that's a lot of words there's only you. And so that means you get to love yourself free.
0: Love yourself free. is That's a beautiful mantra. That's a beautiful phrase. So yeah. And it it kind of sums up your experience. It sums up who you are and that presence that you bring to everything you do. So I think that's a wonderful piece of wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's been, I knew I was so looking forward to this conversation. It's been an absolute joy to spend an hour with you. And I know that, There'll be people listening to this who who want to hear more of this kind of voice of yours. So where where's the best place to find you? The best place? Probably
1: Instagram, Erica Danielle Overshare. I can highly recommend. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then my website, ericadanielle.com. Perfect. Perfect. And yeah, I mean, that that coaching that you lean into, the way you bring who you are into how you coach, I think just makes perfect sense. So if you like what you've been listening to here, that's what you're going to get in that coaching space. It's just more of the same. It's just more understanding, deep, deep listening, and and a lot of compassion, a lot of compassion. Thank you so much for joining me, Erica. It's been a joy and a real privilege to have you in my life. I really am very, very grateful. I am so grateful to have you in my
1: world as well. I love this podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Have a good day.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. That's a wrap. What a powerful conversation. Honesty really is Erica's hallmark. And yeah, if you liked what you heard, I really do recommend heading over to Erica Danielle over shares. Her writing is eloquent, beautiful, honest, and so, so thought provoking. I'm going to take so much away from that conversation about how integrating all the ugly stuff that is part of all of us can help to make us feel whole and how childhood traumas, big and small, can keep us from becoming happy and fulfilled as adults. But that doesn't have to be our lived reality. But most powerfully of all is that as long as there are people like Erica in the world, shining their light so brightly, there's always hope. And I'm going to leave you with a little moment in time that we shared just after we'd finished recording, because it sums up Erica so well. And... And I hope it will bring you as much joy as it did for me. Even though it's deep stuff we're talking about, you bring this sort of capacity to just see the joy in it. You know, there's joy in everything, really. Joy in everything. Yeah. And listen,
1: Kat, one thing I keep realizing is that either you get the joke or it's a tough life. (laughs) (laughs) Those are your options. (laughs) So I decided to get the joke, like...